We're going to go into Genesis chapter 16 as I was um, asking the Lord a few minutes ago what the Lord uh, wanted us to read or what God was going to speak from. The Lord told me to speak from the scripture portion. He said, I tell my people that I am the God who sees. I'm the God who sees. No matter what um, you may be going through, I'm the God who sees. Praise be to God. The Lord God, our God, is a God who sees. I am the God who sees. The Lord God who made the heavens and the earth is a God who sees. Whatever our situation may be, whatever we may be going through, our God, the maker of heaven and earth, even though He's so big, He still cares about us. Even though we're so many, He still can see each one of us because He's made the choice to love us because He has the capacity to do so in spite of all these people in the world. He looks at us, each one of us individually. Because He cares. Just because God cares. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 onwards. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. This is a very important scripture and someone can think that oh, it's just the first verse what's in it there's a lot in every verse when the Holy Spirit records his word every word is breathed by the Spirit of God carries great significance Sarai Abraham's wife this is not Sarah, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. Not because she didn't want to, but she couldn't, she could not, she was not able to. Something that she was not able to give to her husband, nor receive for herself. She was lacking. When that lack was there for so long, she moves according to her human instinct, so to speak, which was actually manipulated by the demonic spirit. As they came and told her, oh, you know what, this is never going to happen, this is never going to happen, this is never going to happen. And uh, by the way, 
your husband says, as God said he was going to give him a child, and uh, he's going to give him a child, so it could be through anybody else, because it's not going to happen through you. And she gave room to the words of unbelief, because she herself didn't have that encounter with God. Sarah did not have an encounter with God at that point. She was Sarai. Her name was not changed. She had not met the living God. So at that point she is giving Abraham a very strong suggestion. With what was available in front of her. What she needed to have was not there, which was her womb that should have been open in order to have a child. But she found an alternative, which was an Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, who was there. We have to be very careful when we see that something is not working out, Satan will come with a very clever suggestion, as if it is from God, as if it is from God. Oh, this could really fulfill the prophecy that was spoken, or oh, this could fulfill what God had spoken, or oh, this could fulfill, you know, the dream that God gave. I really want to caution. God's people at this point. Not every dream is from God. Not every dream is from God. I've seen for the past month and a half, many people in our church have been getting many dreams. 99.999% of them are from the pit of hell. A lot of them don't know. Many of you don't know because you think every dream is from God. Satan can come and give dreams. To an extent, Satan knows what's going to happen. And Satan doesn't know many times what's going to happen as well. So he will twist things and he will bring things to the people through dreams. Many times people can have dreams like, oh, they're going to backslide, or their children can go and backslide, or somebody else is going to backslide, or, or something bad is going to happen. Those are all Satan's agenda and Satan's plan that Satan projects. It's not from God. And when people take that and think that it's from God and act on that, they actually go along with the plan of the enemy now because they put faith in what Satan showed. It's important to have the discernment to know which is of God and which is not of God. And if you're really walking with God and your heart is after God and the enemy comes and gives you a dream like you're rebelling, like you're backsliding, it is important you curse that dream in Jesus' name because it is not from God. It is important to know that the word of God says, He will keep my feet from falling. My heart is to follow the Lord. If you're not actively engaging yourself in any sin and you're seeing yourself being active in sin, doing something that you would never want to do, being with someone that you would never 
think that you would be with or bringing your past to your mind or in your dreams as if that is really happening these are all from the pit of hell it is not from God you must understand that God is a holy God and he is a God who takes you forward he brings you out of Egypt and he takes you to the promised land he doesn't want you to look back and he is not going to look back either so be very careful sometimes I hear dreams that people say and I don't say anything because the Holy Spirit will say that point don't say anything because people really believe that it's from God and they act on that dream and they don't realize they need to even find out is, is this from God because they think the pastor doesn't know I need to let the pastor know but while I hear it so the spirit of the Lord says that's from the pit of hell reject that it's not from me and the Lord will say don't say anything at this point because they are not ready they will not understand it is important to know the voice of the Good Shepherd. Jesus said, My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. They will not hear the voice of the stranger. When you get acquainted with the voice of the Holy Spirit, when you get acquainted with the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't have any confusion. There's no confusion between the voice of God and the voice of the stranger. You know, this is not of God. Dreams come from God, dreams come from Satan, dreams come from your subconscious level. The scripture says that. I will teach on that when the Holy Spirit leads me to, but it's suffice to know this morning, not every dream is from God. Similarly, not every vision is from God. Visions come from God, visions come from Satan. But it's an open vision or not not every revelation is from God we must understand it is so important so important to know the voice of the Good Shepherd the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to distinguish between his voice and the voice of the stranger the thief the enemy of our souls. Sarah didn't know that. Sarai didn't know that. She took the voice of the stranger as the voice of God. And she said, This is good. We should follow this. And she's taking this and she is giving this to Abraham. You see, a repeat of the same blunder that took place in the beginning chapters of Genesis, where Eve does the same blunder. When you think about how a good relationship with God Almighty can turn sour. How the blessings of God, God has given all of a sudden 
can become a curse. It is important to search through the scriptures to make sure that we don't repeat that in our lives. Because Satan will try to replicate the same thing in the lives of God's people. One person at a time. In every generation God has called people for himself to fulfill the plan of God. While that is going on, the enemy will also try to execute his plan to abort God's plan. I want to repeat that. While God is working to bring about his plan in the lives of God's people in each and every generation, Satan will also work simultaneously to abort the plan of God that God has for his people. Because the plan of God is connected to the kingdom of God, universal body of Jesus Christ. So, Sarah heard the voice of the enemy. And now she is passing it to Abraham as if it is God's voice. Abraham heard the voice of God just like Adam did. Why did he listen to the voice of the enemy that came through his spouse? Why didn't he go to God and ask him, Should I do this? You're the one who promised me that you would give me a child. You're the one who put me in this garden. Should I eat this or not? Adam didn't ask God. It is important to consult with God. It is important to make sure that you're being led by God. It is very important to make sure that you are in the will of God. So Sarah said to Abraham, verse 2, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Is that true? Very important to take note. Is that true? God did not restrain restrain her from bearing children. God had already spoken the blessing over Abraham. God was going to open the womb of Sarai. Where did she get this from? This is like a revelation all of a sudden she's presenting. Oh, God closed my womb. Sarah was not able to conceive, but did God restrain her from bearing children? She's saying something that God did not say to Abraham or to her. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. That's a very scary moment there. Because there was the voice of the enemy that came through, the voice of his wife. It's very important to be led by God. Don't be led by your spouse or your child or your parent or anyone who appears to be led by God, but they are being led by the enemy. Be very careful. 
Know for sure that it's the voice of the Good Shepherd that is leading you, not the voice of the thief. Here is a moment where Satan is actively working to rob what God has for Abraham and Sarah. He wants to come and cause a disaster here because the Messiah is going to be born. The Messiah is going to be born. In your life and in my life, understand. You must understand that. Yes, the Messiah was born already, but the Messiah who was born is going to come back as a return. He's going to come back. He's going to return as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Your life and my life is connected to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan will be actively working to see how he can disconnect you from the plan of God. Watch out. Make sure that you are in the will of God. Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, his his servant or his maid and her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, what a tragedy. So he went into Hagar and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. What a tragedy. Sometimes I've heard people say that, well, if it is God's will, it will happen. If it's not God's will, it won't happen. That is not true. Don't play lotto with your life. Don't be presumptuous when it comes to the will of God. Seek the will of God. Know the will of God before you do anything. Don't say, oh, it may happen, it can happen, it may happen. If it doesn't happen, then it is not the will of God. If it happens, it's the will of God. A heathen will do that because he or she doesn't know the voice of God. But you as a child of God should know, should know. If you don't know, seek Him. Don't do anything without knowing the will of God. I said this before, and I will say this again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. If you're not sure, and if you get an idea that pushes you to do what you want to do, which is comfortable for you, after you pray, you still feel like, this is what God wants me to do. But you are not sure, many times, that being not sure, even the 0.1%, is a clear indication that it is not the will of God. But sometimes God will tell you to do something and the enemy will try to confuse also. There's a reason it's important to pray and seek the Lord. Lord, I don't know. Speak to me. Let the Lord speak to you. God can speak to you through your pastor. He can speak to you in the morning call. He can speak to you in the evening meeting. And after that, if you're still not sure, Ask for the Lord to speak again. After that, if you want to make sure that you need to decide about something and you really want to be in the will of God, that you don't want to make a mistake, then seek counsel. Reach out to your shepherd that God has given, wherever you are. 
and seek counsel. Make sure the pastors are walking with God and they know how to hear from God. One mistake can cost you everything. After Sarai gave the counsel to Abraham, and Abraham did not seek God's counsel, but he heeded the voice of Sarai, you do not see God come and reveal his will to him again. No. You don't see God come and hinder this. And God could have closed Hagar's womb. He did not. Why? Because a human being's will is involved here. There are always consequences for our choices that we make. Satan knew once Hagar is given to Abraham, his plan is going to happen, which is going to be Ishmael. Ishmael is not part of God's plan. Even though children are heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is God's reward, Ishmael was not part of God's plan. It's not a reward. Ishmael was not a reward given by God to Abraham and to Hagar or Abraham and to Sarah for doing something outside the will of God for heeding the voice of Satan for not consulting God he was not rewarded for that, no God did not interfere at this point here he did not stop the plan of the enemy here because human will is involved anytime we make the choice to go the wrong way and we do it anyway don't think that God will somehow stop it there are many people who marry unbelievers saying that well if it is not God's will I prayed for God to stop it he didn't stop it and I'm married and I'm in a disaster he won't stop it if you Make a choice outside the will of God. God will not stop it. Because your will is involved. When you seek God for His will, and you wait on Him for His will, and you tell the Lord, Lord, I don't want to have anything other than your will, and you do His will, then you will see God actively involved in your life. Otherwise, the Lord steps back. And we face the consequence of our wrongdoing. Because that is divine law. We all make a choice. Whatever we sow, we reap. God cannot violate his divine law. So, Hagar conceives. And once that conception takes place, she begins to mistreat Sarah her master's wife, who is her mistress. Hagar was a servant. And all of a sudden she felt that she was equal to Sarah or even bigger than Sarah. Trouble began. Anytime we are outside the will of God, trouble will begin. Initially it may look like everything is fine. Sarah would have been happy when Abraham said, Yes, I'll marry Hagar. Sarah would have been happy the day Hagar was given to Abraham because she thought, oh, okay, I'll have a child to hold. I'll have a child. He's going to make me happy. 
what I'm not able to attain, I'll attain through Hagar. It's never going to be a blessing. Anything that comes out of lack of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin, God's word says. And when you go outside the will of God, you act according to the impulse that the enemy has given out of lack of faith. It's going to become a grief. It's going to become a burden. And that's what happened in Abraham and Sarah's life. Abram and Sarai's life. Now, it became a torment for her. If the enemy begins his plan here, when you're outside the will of God, peace is gone. The peace that God has given is gone. You may think that, oh, okay, I'm getting something. I'm getting in any way. Never get anything by any means at the expense of losing the peace that God has given. The peace of God was gone. Yes, Sarah didn't have a child before. Abraham didn't have a child before, but they had peace. God was going to give it to them according to His Word. But they forfeited the peace of God because they deviated from the plan of God by heeding the voice of the enemy who wanted to steal, kill, and destroy what God had for them. So, Abraham and Sarai, Abraham and Sarai come to a place of peacelessness here. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. Sounds very spiritual here. It sounded very spiritual before too. Oh, the Lord closed my womb, so let's do this. Now, because of the disobedience, because of lack of faith, she's going through mental torment here. And it's becoming grief to Abram also. And she's bringing the Lord in the picture. The Lord was not here in the picture before. The Lord's name was used. But the Lord was not consulted. When things went wrong, now the Lord becomes a judge between you and me. What a tragedy. Many times, God's people do the same thing. After everything has gone bad, they call on the name of the Lord to justify, to justify their wrongdoing and to justify themselves. We should never be in that place. Make sure you are in the will of God. If you know that you are outside the will of God, repent and get back to the will of God. If you know you went outside the will of God and you are facing a consequence because of that, bear it and see how to rectify it by repenting and getting into the will of God. So Abraham, Abram said to Sarai, Indeed your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. All these things are happening. These are not God-ordained 
way of doing things. These are not God's path that God marked out for Abram and Sarai. What is happening here? What is happening here? Carnality. This is not the nature of God. This is not the fruit of the Spirit. Once you miss the will of God and you continue to go in it without consulting God, this is the result. Peace is gone and then you begin to act further according to the impulse of the enemy, which is to do whatever you want to do. It's not that, okay, let's go and consult with God. Maybe we made a mistake. No. Sarah, do whatever you have to do, Sarah. And Sarah deals harshly with her enemy who is mistreating her. Works of the flesh. Works of the flesh is a big hindrance to the work of God in our lives. Works of the flesh and the work of God cannot coexist in the life of anyone. When a believer ceases to believe God, then they manifest the works of the flesh. When faith stops breathing in the life of a believer, death begins to manifest. Works of the flesh equals death. Works of the Spirit equals life. The works of the Spirit will only take place by faith. The works of the flesh will take place by unbelief. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said to Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? The angel of the Lord has been sent by God to Hagar. He's coming and speaking to her, causing her to realize, making sure she knows that she's not the mistress. She is Sarai's maid. Where have you come from? And where are you going? What are you doing here? You are Sarai's maid. You fled from there. What are you doing here? You should have been her maid. What are you doing here? When we don't humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, we'll be out of place. Sarah is made Hagar was out of place. She didn't have peace either because she is going according to the impulse of the enemy. From being Sarah's maid, she's somewhere all by herself with no one to provide, with nothing to hold on to. She said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. She's coming to terms with, you know what? She is my boss. 
What have I done? Just because they gave me to Abraham, suddenly I started acting like I'm bigger than my boss and I started mistreating my boss. Only to get kicked out and to realize that I should have not left my place. That I let pride come in and wickedness come in which caused me to mistreat my mistress Sarai. When pride comes in, fall comes with it. And that's what happened to Hagar. May God help us to know our place and to be there. Never to get proud, but to ever stay humble under the mighty hand of God so that the God who has placed us where we should be will lift us up. She was a maid there, never to overtake her mistress place. But things happened because the enemy was given room in that family. A lot of confusion, a lot of chaos. Now, she has no peace. She's out there in the wilderness. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Very strong command. Go back. You're supposed to submit yourself under her. She is your boss. Go back and submit yourself. What she did was wrong. God is coming here and rectifying the situation. Go back. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for a multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with, child, and you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. I want to stop here for a minute. May God help us understand the depth of God's word at this hour. Disobedience begets sin. Sin begets grief and death. Ishmael was a consequence of Abraham and Sarah's sin of unbelief and not waiting on God. And because God had a covenant with Abraham... And Ishmael was Abraham's seed. By default, this child had to inherit part of the promise that God gave to Abraham, which only Isaac should have inherited. So what is happening? The enemy has been given more leverage because of the covenant that was given to Abraham. What a tragedy! To this day, the descendants of Ishmael have become a grief to 
Israel to Abraham's seed the heir God promised which was Isaac she there she tormented Sarai and she was chased out of there and God says go back and do what you should have done humble yourself and go tender your mistress's hand and then he says this you go do this if you do this then this is going to happen I'll multiply your descendants if she would have just stayed where she was she could have been dead go back I'll multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for the multitude this is the promise that God gave Abraham your descendants will be like the stars of the sky and the sand of the shore again remember going outside the will of God will cost us God will not automatically stop us if we go outside the will of God it will not happen because your will is involved God will never choose for anyone so never take the approach that the heathens take or many Christians take which is if it's God's will it will happen if it's not God's will it's not going to happen no if it's not God's will if you make the choice whatever it needs to happen will happen the consequence will be bitter and the Lord speaks to her through the angel behold you are with child this is what's going to happen it's going to be a boy it's the consequence and you're going to call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction it's very obvious here even though the details are not written down it's very obvious here that she had called upon the God of Abraham at that point in the wilderness that she had cried out to God at that point and God heard her affliction it's not just God just saw her affliction God heard her affliction and that is the reason why God sent the angel of the Lord to Hagar there in the wilderness it's not that oh all of a sudden the God who didn't stop the conception is coming there and uh, interfering with something happening no when you call out to him whoever it is whether you're Egyptian or an Israelite whoever calls on the name of the Lord God comes to save them she would have wept bitterly over there in that wilderness God had mercy on her and God extends his mercy to the child that is in her womb and she cried out to God and God said you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction and then a description is given as opposed to how Isaac was going to be this child was a child that was conceived outside the will of God out of unbelief and the mother is someone who is not a woman of God who is someone who tormented Sarai the mistress her traits are going to be there in this child 
the whole plan was the plan of the enemy. So, the enemy's traits will be there too. Through the mother. He shall be a wild man, his hand shall be against every man. There's no peace here. The moment the plan was executed, the plan to give Abraham to Hagar or Hagar to Abraham, peace was gone. They just didn't realize until Hagar conceived. When the child was born, peace will be gone even more. The peacelessness just increases. The wages of sin is death. Wages means payment. When we make wrong choices, there's a payment that we receive. Whatever we do, there's a consequence, a payment, and the payment is death. Death to the peace of God that God gave was gone. While they continue to live in that wrongdoing, that depth just becomes bigger. The peacelessness just grows stronger. The child that was born brought more peacelessness in addition to the mother. Every man's hand against him. No peace. There's no peace. That's what the scriptures say. The prophecy that came through the angel of God from the Lord was there's no peace. There will be no peace through this child. And where is he going to be? He's going to be in the presence of all his brethren. That means when Isaac will be born, he's going to be there as someone who would taunt him all the days of his life. And we see that happen in the land of Israel to this day. There's no peace in the Middle East. May God help us to never forget this story. The real incident that happened in the life of a man who left everything because he heard the voice of God and he followed, deviated somewhere in the early part of his journey which cost him a lot and cost a generation to this day. And after the angel of the Lord spoke to Hagar, she says this, verse 13, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also seen him who sees me? Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahai Rai. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Berid. You are the God who sees. He is a God who hears. The angel of the Lord said, I've heard your affliction. I've heard your cry. I've heard what you said to God about what you went through. I've heard. I've heard your cry for help. Your cry of despair in this wilderness. And she says, you're the God who sees. While I cried out to you, you saw me crying out to you. You heard me. You're the God who sees. Now did she follow that God? No, she didn't. It was a moment where many people cry out to God 
for help. And the God who sees and the God who hears, the real God, the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, He helps them. They have nice flowery words to say, Oh, God did this for me. And after that, what happened to him becomes history. They go back to their gods, the God of the Egypt, the God of Egypt, the God of the ancestors, the ways of unrighteousness. Have I also seen him who sees me? Oh, then you should have followed him for the rest of your life, but that was not Hagar's story. If that would have been the case, then her life would have changed. Through her, her child's life would have changed. But that was not the case, and God knew. God knew. May God help us to never be people who live for the moment who cry out to God just for that moment. He is the God who sees. He is the God who hears. He is the God who answers. But who are we to Him? Hagar received momentary help. She did what God told her to do. Go back and be under Sarai. She did that. That's how she lived. She survived. Yet, is she in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ? No. Does she have an eternal name in the kingdom of God? No. May God help us never to live for the moment. Just because you had an encounter with God once upon a time just because God helped you and did a miracle for you once upon a time doesn't mean that you know him it is important to walk with him in a covenant relationship and end with him in that covenant relationship by walking in obedience to the almighty God You are the God who sees. You are the God who hears. Have you also seen Him who sees you? If so, what is your response? Is it a temporary obedience like Hagar had? Or are you going to follow Him for the rest of your life? Abraham and Sarah made a big blunder. But they got back on track by trusting in God, seeking God. And Abraham had conversations with God and God spoke to him and reassured him of his covenant and got him back on track. The consequence was there, torn in the side for the rest of their lives. However, the will of God was accomplished after that and Abraham went on to become the father of faith. You might have made many mistakes. There may be many consequences that you may be carrying. 
But the Holy Spirit is speaking to you at this hour. It's time to move on. It's time to move forward. It's time to inherit what God has for you. It's time to be found in the will of God, continue in the will of God, and end in the will of God. That's what's going to matter. Jesus will look at us and He will ask us one question. When our time on earth is over, when we see Him face to face on that great day, did you do my will? Abraham can answer that. And that's why even in the story of Abraham, Lazarus, and the rich man, the Lord Jesus says, Lazarus was sitting on the bosom of Abraham. Because Abraham did the will of God, he realized his blunder. He realized, oh, I should not have listened to Sarai was not led by God. Never listen to your feelings, your emotions, your mind, so to speak. Never make a decision or take a decision based on any impulse. Never be hasty. The will of God will never lead you into haste. The will of God will contain God's peace. And the will of God will cause you to seek God. To make sure that you know that it is God who is leading you. Because Satan will not want you to find out that it is his plan. And because he wants his plan, the enemy's plan to be executed. He will try to rush you into that so that it will be over soon. So that you can make that blunder soon enough. The longer you think, the longer you pray about it. If it is not of God, God is going to reveal and you're going to be out of that snare. But the enemy will try to rush you into doing something. Never be hasty. Anytime you feel that impulse, that urge to finish this or do this, and, and you're not 100% sure, or the enemy make it feel like, oh, you know, you know this. You know it's God. You know it's God. Like you know everything. You know that. That's not from God. The will of God will contain the peace of God. Will cause you to seek God more. Seek God more. Seek God more. Until you know for sure that this is the voice of the Good Shepherd. That I am in the will of God. But I want to make sure what I'm doing falls in line with the Word of God. The will of God will always will keep you in the center of the Word of God. It will always cause you to cling to the feet of our Savior. It will always cause you to exercise your faith in Him. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Lord. We praise you, Heavenly Father.
You're more than enough for us, Lord. Being in the will of God is the most important thing for us. Being found doing what you want us to do is the most important thing for us. Oh, Jesus, I pray that you'll bless your people this morning. Help them, Lord. Help them, Lord, never to deviate from the will of God. Help your people to know you. To know you. To know the voices of God. Never to do anything out of haste. Never to do anything out of impulse. Never to do anything because someone said this. But to make sure that it is God who is leading them. Not the voice of the stranger that is coming through people. Or through situation, through circumstances. I pray that you bless that church, Lord. Bless every brother, every sister, every child who is on the call. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they may never miss this, Lord, message. That they may never forget this message from God that you've given this morning. That they carry this with them all the days of their life. They may never transgress. They cover it with you. By giving themselves over to unbelief or fear. Or to plan B. Let no one fall from the grace of God. I pray that you will continue to bless your people. Strengthen them, Lord. Strengthen them this morning. May they learn to discern between what is of you and what is not of you. May they learn to know your voice. May they learn to discard the voice of the enemy. I pray may your people grow in the understanding of the Holy One of Israel. They know whether a dream or a vision or whatever they see, even if it appears to be like an angel in front of them, whether it is from God or it is from the pit of hell. I pray that you will bless your people, Lord. Help them, Lord, to have the character to wait on God. Let no one be impulsive, Father. Help them to understand that being impulsive is not of God. A God is a God who leads us precisely. A God is a God of peace. He's not the author of confusion. A God is a God who leads us step by step not hastily. Thank you, Father. Jesus said, the shepherd comes through the door. The thief comes through the side door or through the back door. May people know, Father, the voice of the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. They know that God's ways and His plans are straightforward, clear, full of peace. Thank you, Lord. 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 I pray for your people, whoever has made the choice that Abraham, Abraham and Sarah made. Blunders in their lives 
or they've had Ishmael's. Many of them didn't even know that, oh, these were Ishmael's and these are outside God's will. Yet because of the mercy of God, you're spared. Each one of them and the Ishmael's. I pray that you'll touch them right now. Strengthen them right now. Cause them, Lord, to walk in the perfect will of God. Like Abraham did. The same blunder was never repeated again. I pray that you will bless your people, Lord. That they may never deviate from the will of God. That they may never give room to the voice of the enemy. That each may learn to wait on you. That they may never be hasty. Oh, Father, bless your people. That they may inherit the eternal inheritance that you have for them, O God. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people. I pray. May they not focus on the consequence right now, but may they focus on what you want them to do in order to move forward. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up, Lord, from where they are and take them to where they need to go to. Thank you, Father. Take a few moments in the presence of the Lord at this hour. Think about your life and talk to the Lord for a few minutes and tell the Lord that I want to go forward. Tell the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be where Sarah was after heeding to the counsel of the enemy. I don't want to be in that place at all. Protect me, preserve me. Ask the Lord. Father, keep me from presumptuous sin. Pray that prayer. Keep me, Lord, from being impulsive. Keep me, Lord. Help me to be patient, Lord. Help me to patiently wait on you, Lord. Help me to seek your will, Lord. Help me to talk to you. Help me to seek your counsel, Lord. Tell the Lord that. It's important to tell the Lord that. Thank you, Jesus. Not every voice that says God or Lord is from God. As we saw in Sarah's life. Thank you, Jesus. Know the voices, the Good Shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Get to know the Word of God. Be in the presence of God. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless your people this morning. Bless your people this morning. Bless your people this morning. As you serve and I pray, oh Father, bless your people this morning. May they grow in the understanding of the Most High God. I pray, Abba. Oh, precious Lord. Precious Lord. Precious Lord. May the Spirit of the Almighty God surround them, O Lord, at this hour. Oh, I pray that your peace may overtake for their hearts, their minds, their bodies. That the strength of God may carry them out of the wilderness, out of where they are to where you want them to go to. Oh, Jesus, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Thank you, Father. You are the God who sees the God who hears. 
Oh, we are such privileged people to have you. When we're in the will of God and you see us through, you hear us, and you answer us. If God can hear Hagar's cry and answer her, know for sure, if you're a child of God, He sees you all the time. He hears you all the time. Hallelujah. He'll give you the counsel without fail. He will lead you. God will lead you. Thank you, Jesus. He will lead you by His right hand. Hallelujah. He will guide you with His eye. Hallelujah. He'll preserve you. He'll protect you. He'll keep your eyes from tears and your feet from falling. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The blood of Jesus is upon your life. You are in a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. With the Father through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. God, the Holy Spirit, the mighty helper is with you. Day and night. You have nothing to fear. Hallelujah. Therefore seek His face. Therefore seek His counsel. Therefore wait on Him patiently. Hallelujah. For all those who wait on the Lord shall inherit their part. Hallelujah. God has a part for you in His kingdom. God has a portion for you in His kingdom. Eternally God has a portion for you. Mary chose that portion that will not be taken away. Hallelujah. And she had to patiently sit at the feet of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I ask you, Father, this hour that you will touch your people. From the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that every work of the enemy, in the name of Jesus, be destroyed in this hour, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every plan of the enemy to deviate your people from the plan of God, be dismantled right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every voice other than the voice of the Holy Spirit, be silenced at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As you spoke, Lord, on Sunday, and as you're speaking again, very clearly about the voice of God, hallelujah, how to discern the voice of God, how to reject the word, the voice, the thought that comes, hallelujah, from the enemy. How to say no to ungodliness. How to say no to the counsel of the wicked. How to say no to the voice of the enemy. Oh, my Father, bless your people. 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 That the fruit of the Spirit, patience, may grow in them. That they may grow in patience. Hallelujah. They're waiting on you. Seeking you. By living in you. Letting you live through them. And as your servant I pronounce this blessing upon your people at this hour. That they may live under the shadow of the Almighty. That they may drink from the river of God. Oh, that they may not live in a sun-scorched land. But in a land that is filled with milk and honey. That they may inherit the dew that comes from heaven. That their lives, O oh Lord, be blessed by the living God who sees and who hears them. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you.